We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here. We are commodities brokers, William. Now, what are commodities? Commodities are agricultural products, like coffee that you had for breakfast, wheat, which is used to make bread, pork bellies, which is used to make bacon, which you might find in a bacon and lettuce and tomato sandwich. And then there are other commodities, like frozen orange juice and gold. Though, of course, gold doesn't grow on trees like oranges. <laughs> Clear so far? Yeah. Good, William. Now, uh, some of our clients are speculating that the price of gold will rise in the future, and we have other clients who are speculating that the price of gold is going to fall. Uh, they place their orders with us, and we buy or sell their gold for them. Tell them the good part. <laughs> uh, the good part, William, is that uh, no matter whether our clients make money or lose money, Duke and Duke get the commissions. Well, what do you think, Valentine? Well, it sounds to me like you guys are a couple of bookies. <laughs> I told you he'd understand. <laughs> Listen to this headline. Steve-O recalls snorting cocaine mixed with HIV-positive blood. And Mons Venus, right? <laughs> Is that the most insane thing you've ever heard? I can't even think of a circumstance. Hey, I wouldn't put it past him. I will tell you, Steve-O is not a good dancer. Oh, my Whoa. God. Dancing okay. with the stars. Dancing, Dancing with the stars. stars. Dancing what with year? the stars. Yeah, what year? Finish the facts. Oh, boy. Uh, Steve-O was a long time ago. How about season eight? Finish. He finished right after Lawrence Taylor, who finished seventh. So he would have been eighth. And eighth the winner is- was? Uh, Sean Johnson, the Olympic gymnast. Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. Dancing <laughs> with the stars. Old for me. I love it. He was fun on the show, though, but he just wasn't. Really what was his busy. signature dance? Did he do something really impressive? No, he was. You know, he's a comedian. Let's so he's dancing with the stars. 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 Did you hear that one noise? That was a hundred thousand radios changing stations at the same time. Turning on Fortnite. Well, that's okay. They'll change over to some station. They'll quickly realize it sucks, and they'll be back. Sorry, Danny. And not that Hell, you would, yes. not that oh, you would doubt, God. but yes, Tony had everything correct in his information. Yeah, we know he did. Oh, God, of course he did. Don't even don't insult to, him, Ty, uh, by checking. You just fact-finding him. Have to look, Ty. I, I, I trust what comes sure out of right. mouth more than I trust your Wikipedia search. He's always right. I know. And besides, he's the one that updates Dancing with the Stars Wikipedia. No, that's true. Hourly. We don't every every hour on the hour. We don't need a Washington Post fact check when Tony espouses <laughs> Dancing <laughs> with have, the Stars. We all we need.
Well, howdy ho, everyone. This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony the Engineer. Welcome back. <clears throat> Up the first throat clear. There you go. Yes, I still have some of this stuff in me. Uh, I think I sound better than the last two weeks. Hopefully, at least two weeks ago, I sound better. Uh, feel a little better. Throat's still irritated. Uh, still have some of that congestion in there. Uh, but I no longer have the, uh, who loves you, baby, deep, very, very white voice. So, uh, I think we're on the mend. It's just how much longer. Uh, I'm still at home this week, and uh, hopefully we'll get this done today and get this out to you quicker than last week. I know we didn't get it out to you till late in the week, and uh, I wasn't happy with that, but we'll uh, try to do a little better this week, get it in and out to you quicker. Well, um, we'll be covering week four of Dancing with the Stars, season 31, and that occurred on Monday night, October 10th. Now, it was Disney Plus night in the ballroom, and for those of you that know this show, Disney Night and now Disney Plus Night is always a big production event um, at Dancing with the Stars. So I got to tell you, I was a little surprised at the opening number. It was just basically the troupe and a couple of the pros who have been eliminated. And it was a nice little 30-second opening dance. But uh, with Disney Night and now Disney Plus Night, we're used to having very large production numbers. I remember I was out there for one of these nights in person. And it was such a big deal. They had, uh, you know, like follow the yellow brick road stuff. And they, they, they had a huge set that they built before the show. And they actually let all of us in about an hour before the show started live so that they could pre-tape and record that opening segment because there was so much stuff they had to tear down to get ready for the live show then. And boy, I thought they would do that this year because this is the first year on Disney Plus and I really thought they'd go all out, but they didn't. Nothing wrong with that. It's just, I was a little surprised. Who knows? Might be budgetary reasons, might be, you know, timing reasons now because there is no commercials and they got to, boy, keep the show moving along like never before. But uh, a little surprised at that. And in general, Disney night's not my favorite night. Uh, I like a lot of the theme nights they have. I loved Bond Week last week. I think it's just because I'm not real familiar with Disney stuff. You know, uh, don't have kids and, you know, an adult male can't really go in to watch a Disney movie by himself. That feels weird. And so I don't really know much about Disney night. So when they talk about the movies and the songs, most of them I've never heard of. So there's no relationship. Like last week with Bond, you know, I knew all the Bond theme songs and, and it was just kind of a cool, sophisticated, suave uh, feel of the night. This was more for a kid's night. And uh, nothing wrong with it at all. It's just never never been my favorite too much. Some of the dance numbers they come up with on Disney night seem like they don't lend themselves to ballroom and Latin dances, you know, in, in the majority of them. So I think it's a tough night for some of the dancers too, especially the people that don't have any dance experience. Uh, I'm not going to go into Tyra anymore, like I said, unless there's something that I just can't believe happening. You know, she makes mistakes every week, so I'm not going to keep calling those out. But this one was really <laughs> stunning to me. Evidently, last week she said Charlie D'Amelio's boyfriend's name wrong, and I guess people jumped all on her for that. Well, she came back and made a point of saying, hey, I messed up last week on your boyfriend's name. Charlie and Mark were out there after their dance. And she just wanted to say, I wanted to give a shout out to your boyfriend. And I don't even know the guy's name, but let's just say it was Trevor Hoffman. I want to give a shout out to Hoffman Trevor. She reversed his names. So she like screwed up the screw up that she had. It's, uh, it's amazing to me. And of course, what does she do? She always says, hey, it's a live show. We all make mistakes. Get over it. And I understand it's not the end of the world, but uh, boy, <laughs> 
just keeps on giving there, I guess. <laughs> well, um, by the way, too, I may uh, bail on you guys. I hope not, but I am looking at my phone on the side here as I record this because I'm trying to get tickets for next week's show. And <clears throat> it's a first come, first serve, watch the website type thing. At least that's the way it's been the first four weeks, and it's been really tough to get tickets. So I'm looking over every once in a while here, and if I pause this or run out of the room and don't pause it, you'll know what I'm doing is I'm trying to get tickets for next week, October 17th, because that is going to be uh, the night I'm supposed to be taking one of our contest winners from last year. Uh, she's bringing her mom with her, and it's a whole big thing. We've got it all set up. And as always, though, the hard part is getting the tickets for it. So uh, be working on that this week. So hopefully we'll have a report from the show next week. If not, gosh, who knows what we're going to do, if we're going to go out or not. But uh, that's what I'm doing on the side here. Okay, well, let's get to the dances on uh, Disney Plus night. Uh, first up for the uh, dances that night was Joseph Baina and his partner, Daniela. Now, Daniela was back. She you know, has been out for a couple weeks with COVID protocols. But she's never really felt the symptoms, I guess. She's, she's healthy and all that. And I'm glad to see this because Daniela's the magician of the show, as we talked about what she did with Iman and Nelly the last two seasons. And Joseph's one of those interesting guys that I think is a unique guy. Uh, attention is drawn to him. And if anybody can work their magic on him, it's probably Daniela. So hopefully they'll get back in the swing of things. Last night, they danced the Charleston to the movie Hercules. And, you know, the Charleston, wow. You know, you look at Joe and he's this big, lunky kind of guy, big muscles. And is he going to be able to be quick and light on his feet? And uh, we've seen him do it before, though. But still, it's, it amazes me when I see him do a good job. And he did do a good job. Uh, Len did have some caveats, though. He said uh, there were too many tricks in the deal. They did a lot of lifts. And, you know, Daniela loves lifts. They did a ton with Iman last year. And Joe's a big, strong guy. And he can lift her in all kinds of directions, but uh, uh, sometimes they overtake the dance themselves. And that's what Len said. It's just, you know, sometimes less is more is what he said. Let's cut back on some of those tricks. Uh, Bruno also commented that when you do lifts like that, the dismount and coming out of them is very important. And he thought it was a bit stumbly. Uh, Carrie Ann also said it was rushed a bit, but uh, she still likes him and says he's a contender. And I agree. I think he's still a dark horse. Is he going to win it? Probably not. But uh, I think the intrigue and the interest is in, is in him still. And Daniela, like I said, can work what she does with these types of people that you know, are not dancers, but she can kind of turn them into them, and especially their unique vibe. Uh, he might be able to stick around a little while. They got a 28 for the night. It was a point down from last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, number two up was Sam Champion, the GMA weather guy, and uh, Cheryl Burke, his partner. They did a Paso Doble to the Greatest Showman show or movie. And right away, this was a tough one for me, and this is a personal thing. When I heard that song, oh boy, what it brought back memories of. This was the same song that Bobby Bones used to, and I'm going to say it, to steal <laughs> the uh, victory away in season 27 and started, well, continued the drastic downfall of this show. And uh, I, I had trouble getting over that. I heard that song and I saw visions of that bogus freestyle he did. And man, it just, it, it was hard for me to enjoy this. Now also it was a pasta doble and, you know, you need strong, intense movements in this. This is the man's dance. And in the video package, they showed Sham, Sam, you know, having a lot of 
pain and uh, uh, just joint stuff because he's 61. And I worried about him bringing the intensity, and, and I think he, he didn't really too much. Um, let's see. Uh, Len Goodman said, yeah, he needed a stronger posture and frame. Derek kind of said he needed he, – uh, he lacked impact of the dance and shape. And, you know, that's all that Paso is. So um, this was kind of a tough one. They gave him a 25 with two sixes in there, I believe. Let's see. Is that, is that what it amounts to? Uh, I guess three sixes and a seven. Um, you know, I think that was kind. But, uh, yeah, Sam's one of the low-hanging fruit left. So uh, we'll see how, what happens down the road with him. Next up was Jordan Sparks and her partner, partner Brandon. They did a jazz routine from the uh, movie Cocoon or Coco. <laughs> she, huh, what I know, I don't know anything about Disney. I guess there's a movie called Coco. <coughs> Excuse me again. Uh, Jordan, as you know, I'm, I've been a little concerned with about being lost in the woodwork. And I still, I still feel that way. And it's got nothing to do with their dancing abilities. It's, she's a good dancer. And I worry about her because I'm afraid that her good dancing is not going to be rewarded. Now, I think the judges know that she's a good dancer. Uh, they scored her pretty high last night or Monday night. She got a 34 with two nines. And that's good. And I'm glad to see that because, and maybe it's just me personally, but at the end of the night, I'm like, oh yeah, what did, what did Jordan dance? Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. Her dances don't um, resonate with me for some reason. I watch them and I'm like, oh, she's good. And I want her to succeed, but they don't, like I said, resonate with me. And I don't know what you do about that. You need to come up with something that wows us, I guess. And maybe it's just me, but uh, I still feel she's getting a little bit lost in the shuffle. Now, with that 34 score, she's coming out of that score-wise, which is good. Because when you get in that middle pack of scores, then it's real easy to get lost in the shuffle because they're all scoring about the same. Well, Jordan had that 34 last night, and that helped a lot. Uh, Len said she had fluid movement, and it was her best dance today. Carrie Ann said it's spectacular. Bruno said it was a breath of fresh air. So the judges liked it, and like I said, that's really good to see, giving her a 34 like that. Maybe that's the bump she needs to uh, take it to the next level. Up fourth was Wayne Brady and his partner Whitney. They did a jazz routine to the movie or from the movie Hamilton, or maybe that was a play. Oh, geez. Sorry, my lack of knowledge about all things Disney. Um, Wayne did, I guess, be, he was in the uh, Broadway production of Hamilton. So he's got a leg up. We all know that just because of his performance background. And he's a good dancer. And the judges gave him four nines, so 36 for the evening. <clears throat> and, uh, to let the cat out of the bag a little bit. He was at the top of the leaderboard along with Gabby and Charlie again. Same as last week. Like I said last week, they've distanced themselves and they all got four nines for the evening. So the judges are recognizing their greatness, but they just can't give them a 10 yet. <laughs> so uh, Len Goodman, I loved it. Len said that Wayne reminds him of a postman because he always delivers and I get a, get a kick out of that. Yeah, back in my basketball playing days when I used to play a little bit, uh, my, my nickname wasn't the postman. It was the delivery boy. I kind of delivered, but not quite like a postman, I guess. But, uh, I love that Lynn said that about him. Uh, Derek loved his texture of movement and, you know, there's not too much negative to say about these, these guys at the top of the leaderboard. So, uh, they just give them their four nines, 36, and we'll move on. Up fifth was Daniel Durant and Britt. They did a quick step to the, uh, high school musical, which I guess is, TV or movie, I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, 
Len said it was too much messing around at the front. And Len doesn't like that. You know, he doesn't like having props out there. And I get what he was saying because they were moving some tables and chairs during the routine. And they almost danced right through the middle of them removing that stuff. And it was a little disconcerting and distracting. And so Len doesn't care for that kind of stuff at all. Now, then you go to Derek and he was like the exact opposite. He goes, I love the storytelling. So it's that constant push and pull of the old school jug, judge who wants to see dance content and the newer judge who likes seeing the performance art in with the content. But uh, he, Derek did say there was some footwork mistakes and it was, it was a mistake-laden uh, quick step. Quick step's a very difficult dance for anyone. Can't imagine it if you can't hear like Daniel can't. And uh, it was a kind of a tough one for him. They gave him a 29 for the night, which was two down from the prior week. And, you know, at this stage, everybody's ramping up, so you don't want to see anybody backsliding. But they've always loved Daniel. Uh, so I think I've told you in the past, I always thought they overscored Daniel a little bit and underscored Jesse James a little bit. Well, kind of reversed on Monday night. They uh, scored Daniel more appropriately, I think. And Carrie Ann did say there was lots of mistakes, but it was still a good performance. So Daniel had a 29 for the night. <coughs> Excuse me again. Uh, Shangela was up next with Gleb. And uh, they did a Charleston to the... Princess and the Frog, I guess another Disney movie. Shangela always brings the uh, energy and the intensity and excitement. And I think, who was it that said this? Oh, Derek said she always gets the ballroom going, and she does. When I was there that first night, I think I commented on it. That was the dance of the night as far as the people being excited. Uh, Shangela, uh, Shangela, it's Shangela. I keep saying Shangela. I get it mi mixed up. I Shangela. She brings the heat and she brings the entertainment. She always sells everything she does. And so uh, it's just kind of like, okay, let's get that technique down because the performance and energy is always there. Uh, she got a 32 for the evening. Up seventh was Heidi D'Amelio and her partner, Artem. <coughs> Dang it. Uh, Heidi is the mother of Charlie, of course. And she did a Viennese waltz to a Mary Poppins song. Chim Chim Tree, know of Mary Poppins, but never really saw it. And the judges loved it. That was kind of the dance of the night for them, other than the three leaders that we talked about. They gave her a 34. And Heidi's one of those folks that has gotten better every week. I think she got four sixes the first, four sevens the second, four eights. And then she got two eights and two nines last night. That's a nice place to be. And that's hard to do, usually with with newbies, and I say newbies, she had dance experience when she was a kid. She's 50, I think now. Um, but you can tell she's got it because she is very good technique-wise, and she continues to improve, and I would expect that to continue. I would assume that more and more of the old-school training that she got is going to keep coming up as Artem hopefully pushes her to keep doing more and more uh, tougher choreography. Bruno said she's never been better. Uh, Carrie Ann said the lines were beautiful. Uh, the only negative was Len said he would have liked to see a little more in hold. You know, Len, the stickler for the ballroom hold thing. And uh, I'm very sorry. Excuse me. I've got so much stuff fighting back still. Still got a lot of medicine on me. <laughs> that was rude. That just kind of slipped out. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, she's getting better every week. As I said, Heidi got a 34. Oh, boy. What you guys have to deal with to, to listen to this thing, huh? Maybe next week. Maybe next week I'll be better. Okay, up eighth. Uh, Gabby, Wendy, The Bachelorette, and Val. They did a quick step to Guardians of the Galaxy song. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky, you know, ELO song. 
That one I knew, of course. And she's fun to watch, boy. She brings it every week. Uh, Lynn says she does things the right way, not the easy way. And I think that's kind of a compliment to Val. Val's given her tough choreography because she can do it. And uh, Lynn was talking about, you know, you could do the easy route of not this difficult and slower and stuff. But you come out and you just speed it up, whatever dance you have. And, and and perform and give it to us. And of course, this was a quick step, so it was so quick. Bruno even said that she he loved the super speed along the way of this dance with very little mistakes. And uh, Carrie Ann says she has everything to win, uh, needed to win this thing, and she certainly does. Uh, 36 for Gabby, tied at the top of the leaderboard. Up ninth, Trevor Donovan and Emma doing a samba to uh, a car song, Life is a Highway. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor had a little bit of a rough week last week. Uh, Trevor's that guy that has the phobia of dancing, and he had a real good second week, and then a little bit of a, a retrenching for the third week. So I thought this was important for him. And a samba is a tough dance for the male, you know, constant bouncing action and movement action. And uh, not saying it's not tough for a woman too, but just men in general, especially men that don't have dance experience. And Trevor doesn't, of course. Uh, Len wasn't crazy about it. He said the legs were too flexed. Uh, Derek said something that really hit home with me, and you see this a lot with people that, I don't want to say have a phobia, but people that do have a phobia or that are extremely nervous or scared about dancing because they've had no experience. Derek said that he looked like he was thinking about his steps, and I couldn't agree more. You get into that your performance goes away, and you're thinking about the steps that you're doing, and things get a little clunky then. I always think of Doug Flutie, the football player, way back in season 22. I think I may have mentioned this on one of my shows at one point. I probably would have been like a Doug Flutie type. He got out there, and he hit all the moves. He could learn them, but they were all looking like he's thinking about them. And I step here, I step here, I go back here. And you can't have that, of course, on this show. You have to perform as well as learn the steps. And he's just, he's just exhibiting a lot of non-dancer issues that I think that I would re, you know, have and relate to. And Carrie Ann said he needed to believe in himself. And that, again, is when you don't have any confidence and experience in dance and you're scared to death of it, yeah, I'm sure it's really hard to believe in yourself. They gave him a 28 for the night, which uh, amounts to four sevens. And, you know, that's okay. That's okay. He's still learning. He's still learning. He needs a good one next week, though. That's for sure. Up uh, 10th was Vinny and his partner, Coco. Vinny's that up and down guy. Boy, he was at the bottom of the leaderboard on two of the weeks, and then he had a fantastic dance, I think a 27 in week two. And so we were hoping for big things from him. He also had a samba, and it was from the movie Luca, I guess, L-U-C-A. I guess it's a Disney movie. And, Lu and Vinny also opened up in his video package, kind of like Trevor did earlier, about he's having a hard time with the anxiety of this because... He's used to performing, I guess, as an actor, and he's even had a Vegas show with the Chippendales dancers or something. But now you have to mix the choreography and the technique with your performing ability, and that's what kills the or hurts the the non-dancers, which is what he is. Uh, let's see. Carrie Ann did say it was better than last week, and it was. Last week was a tough one. 
Uh, both Bruno and Derek said he needed more bounce. The samba is, you know, a constant bouncing movement through the dance, and it's tough for guys to do that. And, uh, you know, I don't think his was much better than his samba was much better than uh, Trevor's. They did give him a 29, though, much of an improvement from last week. But uh, still, Vinny is someone you got to be careful about because he could slide back into the non-dancer role pretty quickly. So we'll see how he ha- uh, continues going forward. <clears throat> Up 11th, Selma Blair and her partner Sasha did a quick step to the theme from The Muppet Show. And this was a lot of fun. I really like this one. Selma continues to amaze, uh, you know, with her MS issues. Uh, I still see things during the week like, you know, she passed out in practice or she fell or something because the muscles and so forth just give out on her from time to time. And man, this was a fast one. You know, the quick step didn't see any issues again. She's been pretty fortunate, I would say, in her minute and a half dance routines not to have lock up muscles and, uh, you know, motion illnesses or sicknesses or, 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 you know, just losing her balance and so forth. Uh, it, they all liked it. Carrie Ann said it was in sync very well. They matched lines very well. She and, he and, uh, she and Sasha. Uh, Bruno said it, he loved the footwork and he, 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 she acted the dance, you know, she is an actress. So if she can keep that technique going, well, the acting's probably there for her. And let's see, Len said it had a good frame and it was a proper Disney dance, whatever that means, but uh, they definitely liked it. And they gave her a 32, uh, for the evening up next to last was Jesse James Decker and her partner, Alan, they did a jive to, a song from Hocus Pocus 2, which I guess is a new movie Disney has out. Um, Jesse's the one, as I mentioned earlier, that I think they've been really rough on and kind of overscored or underscored her. Well, she had her best dance last night, and finally the judges came around. They gave her a 31, which was is really important for her. She's probably got a decent fan base with her country uh, music followers, but uh, she needs to be scoring regularly, you know, over 30 from now for sure, I would say. And this was a five-point improvement from last week. Uh, Carrie Ann did say it was her best dance to date. Len said her footwork was sharper and cleaner. And uh, Derek said she really sold it with both the technique and performance. So that's all nice to hear. And uh, I'm glad to see that because I always hate it when I see someone that I think is being unfairly underscored. And uh, they kind of righted that this week. And they almost had to because she really you know, killed the dance. She, she really did a good job with it. 31 for the evening for Jesse. <clears throat> and up last night, or the last dance for the night was Charlie and, Mar- and Mark. And, you know, they're, they're the front runners along with Gabby and Wayne. And no different tonight. They scored a 36, which was four nines. Uh, they did a jazz routine to the Simpsons theme song. Oh, my God. Simpsons theme song. <laughs> um, Mark was dressed up like Homer, and uh, Charlie had... I don't even know. Is it Marge, the uh, wife's blue, uh, gigantic, tall hair? That that hair had to be like a foot and a half in height. How it didn't fall off or get in the way of her movements is stunning to me. They must have had that glued on with the best super glue that you could do on a human. Uh, again, the, the dance was great. Uh, the, there's really not too much negative to say about her. Let's see. Did anybody have anything? No, no one really had much to say. Uh, I loved Len when he started off because I thought he was going to be a cranky Len tonight. He said, I didn't like it. I loved it. So that that good. He had everybody going. And uh, Bruno said it was so good he didn't want it to end. So, you know, uh, she's good. What can I say? Really not too many uh, 
I don't I don't have anything in my notes that said anything, you know, like a critique that she could get better at. But uh, they gave her nines across, like I said, and kudos to her. Mark is always uh, great at creative stuff, a jazz routine with The Simpsons. They did a good job last night and uh, expect them to be there to the end. So <clears throat> on the judges scorecard, as I said, Wayne, Gabby and Charlie were at the top, all with 36. Then you had this gaggle of people, about five of them, from 31 to 34. And then you had the lower dwellers, people under 30, which were Vinny, Daniel, Joseph, Trevor, and Sam. Uh, If you notice, all the men. And that's the way things usually work out on this show. There's always many female dancers who are better than the male dancers. So uh, Trevor and Sam were at the very bottom, along with Joseph. And when you added in the fan vote, Joseph got out of it and Trevor stayed in it. So Trevor Donovan and Sam Champion were in the bottom two. The judges uh, did their little talk at the end. And the first three judges all unanimously voted to save Trevor and send Sam Champion home. So we didn't need Len's vote last night. And, uh, you know, not a surprise at all. Sam had been in the bottom two. Let's see, it had been in twice or at least once, I think. Always a low score. Uh you know, he's a typical older guy with no dance experience, so he's only going to go so far. So uh, sounds like he had a great experience, fun having him on the show. Sam Champion goes home. <clears throat> okay, well, there's the dances for the night. And you can probably tell my throat's still bothering me and so forth. So we're going to do a couple clips of audio here. And for you non-ticket fans or don't know the radio station, sorry, these are going to be ticket drops, or not drops, but <clears throat> audio clips that really don't involve Dancing with the Stars. I wanted to get a little more personal. You know, I've been with the station or had been with the station for almost 18 years. And of course, I've listened from the beginning in 1994. So I've been listening to the station. What is that? Wow. Oh, my God. 28th year. Yeah. And I've heard a lot. And I, I have a couple clips that I want to play here that were for me personally, the two I don't even know if I want to say funniest moments, but most guttural reaction moments where in the first one, I just busted out laughing at a specific point, And in the second one, I couldn't stop laughing. So I guess that one would have been one of the funnier ones for me. Uh, we'll play these. Uh, one of them's, I think, two minutes. The other's three or four minutes. Just so I can rest my voice and you don't have to listen to it for a little bit. <clears throat> we'll try to get back to some Dancing with the Stars related ticket stuff next week. This first one here is a, mu- a musers bit. The musers was the morning uh, show that we have at the ticket. And most of the funny stuff comes from them and that incredible Gordon Keith. Well, they're doing a bit here that was uh, with a fictitious high school football coach called Tom Foolery. And he was the head coach of Lollygag High School, who was or was a uh, fictitious school in Central Texas somewhere, and they would call him every week during the football season and talk to Coach Tom Foolery. Now, I never found out who Tom Foolery was. Usually the voices are either Gordon or George and occasionally Craig, but Tom was a different voice, and I never did ask the guys or find out, you know, who who did it. And they don't do the bit anymore, but it ran for several years, always during football, uh, high school football season, which is big here in Texas. And they would call down to call to, uh, to talk to Tom Foolery, and he had his old country witticisms and, and speech. And the vast majority of this two-minute clip, it's not funny. And Tom Foolery was never really that funny. It was just kind of cute and fun to listen to. But there's a punchline in here that I remember it well. I was eating cereal 
as I often did when I was listening to the musers. And the punchline was delivered, and I was so unprepared for it that, yes, I had the classic movie take of a spit take where I spit out some cereal and milk, and it even started coming out the nose a little bit. I'm not proud of it, but this hit me so hard and so guttural (laughs) that, uh, uh, well, I'll just let you listen to it and see what you think. And why isn't it? I mean, there we go. that all goes back to when my daughter Betty Lou was here at Lollygag. I quit trusting teenagers. Really? Yeah. What happened? Well, one night I was at home watching TV eating peanuts. Right. You know, I, I like to toss them real high in the air and catch them in my mouth. Uh-huh. And I'm on the sofa, and, and in the middle of catching one, Mavis yells at me from the kitchen. And I turned back to yell at her, and uh, the peanut went right in my ear. <laughs> huh. So I tried to dig it out, and I pushed it in deeper. And Mavis came over to help me, and she got a pair of tweezers, and, and she only pushed it in deeper. So I said, golly, I guess we better go to the hospital and get this thing out, because it was deep in my eardrum. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so right as we're leaving the house, here comes Betty Lou in with her date for the night, Bodie Lemon. y'all remember him? I remember Bodie, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he played for me. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Coach, where are you going? I said, well, i got to go to the hospital. i got this peanut lodged in my ear. Bodie said, Coach, I can get that peanut out. I said... You can? So he said, yes, sir, sit down. So we went back in the house, sat on the sofa. He sat me down, and he shoved those big, fat fingers, two of his big, fat fingers right in my nose. And he tells me to blow hard. (laughs) Well, I blew as hard as I could, and sure enough, that peanut flew right out all the way across the room like it was shot out of a cannon. Huh. Everybody got all excited, jumped for joy. <laughs> Mavis was all happy. Uh, uh, Betty Lou was really happy that uh, her boyfriend had impressed her daddy. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, so I took it easy on the kid. I said, sit down, son. I'll go make you something to drink. So me and Mavis go into the kitchen. And she turned to me and she said, Tommy, that is so sweet. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he smart? <laughs> I said, yeah. She said, what do you think he's going to be when he gets older? I looked at her and I said, Mavis, uh, from the smell of his fingers, I think he's going to be our son-in-law. Uh-huh. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Holy cow, coach. <laughs> and you still just went and fixed him a drink like nothing was wrong, huh? Jeez. And that's why you don't trust those kids. That's exactly why I don't trust them youngins. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Holy cow, coach. You know, I wasn't expecting anything, I guess, because I'm sitting there eating my cereal and I'm like, yeah, this is a cute little thing. I wonder, I wonder how it's going to end. And boy, if you heard Junior Miller just bust out laughing, that's how I did with a mouthful of milk and cereal. So uh, I'll never forget that one. That one caught me, caught me off guard like you wouldn't believe. Okay, well, this next one... Uh, which one is this one? All right. I should know this, and I've, I've already kind of gone blank here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is the one that, you know, as an as a engineer and as a promotions person, I saw a lot of the P1s, and I was a P1, and I talked to a lot of them, and they would come up to me and, oh, it's the greatest station ever. I love it so much, and, and I, I couldn't help myself. I would always kind of quiz them a little bit. Well, what's your favorite show? Oh, I don't know. I like them all. Well, come on, there's got to be one you'll listen to the most. Is it the morning show or the afternoon show? I'm trying to get them to say, yeah, it's the Musers or the Hardline or get more specific because everybody comes up and says it's the greatest and they love it. But 
you know, they're not hardcore listeners. So, yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I'd like them all equally. And of course, then you find out, okay, this person doesn't know very much. Well, one time, I, or multiple times, I would hear people call in or, or even tell me, you know, I was laughing so hard, I had to pull off the side of the road to finish listening to the bit. Most people listen in their cars, or a lot of us do. And I'm thinking to myself, come on, I've listened to the station forever, and I've heard all the great stuff, or most of the great stuff, and I've never pulled off a car, or pulled off the side of the road to start to keep laughing. Come on, it can't be that funny. Well, I should have learned, and I have learned in my life, never say never, because I'll be darn if I didn't have to pull off one time for a bit that came up on the air. This would have been, they mentioned, it's, it's a fake Jerry uh, bit, fake Jerry Jones, for those of you, if you're still listening, you don't live in Dallas, he's the coach of the, uh, coach, geez, might as well be, owner and GM of the Cowboys. And uh, Gordon does a fake Jerry and they're always talking about Steven and Jerry Jr., his sons, and, you know, Gordon portrays them as still young boys and stuff. It's just hilarious. He's so unbelievably talented. And they're all funny. But for some reason, this one got to me. And, and part of the reason was because you're going to hear George, the other morning host, laughing in the background throughout most of it. And he's laughing so hard, it's kind of a wheeze laugh. <laughs> I can't even do it. You're just laughing so hard, you have to be in the moment that you know what I'm talking about. You can hardly catch your breath and you start wheezing. Well, that contributed to me just enjoying the bit. And this is a press conference with uh, <laughs> fake Jerry. And he's got his son, Steven, there banging on something to highlight it when he makes a good point. And things get pretty... Uh, Chaotic. To be say the Jerry least. Jones, uh, about 30 minutes ago, called a press conference right for this morning, and uh, we are going to carry it live. Is Jerry in the What's room that? yet? Or right. sounds like it. Okay, yeah. Let's. This is Jerry Jones right. live Steven. at Valley Ranch. Steven, get the animal ready over there. <laughs> right. Well, um, uh, certainly, I want to uh, thank everyone for coming here, uh, especially on short notice. Uh, and especially uh, uh, the major. Um, uh, Stephen is here, as you can see to my left. Uh, he's here to help me out. And uh, we uh, couldn't find the uh, glockenspiel, so <laughs> Stephen will uh, hit the anvil every time I make a good point. Hit it, Stephen. There you go. Um, crazy press conference. Now this is done to let you know what to print and uh, uh, kind of my main points. <laughs> Uh, hit the other one too, Stephen. We'll change it. Up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now I know that uh, uh, Purcells has announced uh, that his uh, starting quarterback is uh, uh, Quincy Carter. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think he wanted Stephen to hit it, Ben. And I, as general manager, have to uh, evaluate uh, certain decisions made by uh, the head coach. So, I have uh, looked at the tape of the games, uh, preseason games, certainly. And I have attended several practices. <laughs> Stephen is drunk. That they had down, held down there in that, that Mexican town. Now, it's always important to... It's always important to grade out your quarterbacks. And I've watched closely. And I've... I've graded Quincy. <laughs> so I have here Quincy's report card. 
this will be good. This <laughs> will be good. He sounds emotional. Yeah. It's very difficult for me, as you can understand, uh, being the man who uh, brought Quincy in the air. Why was the media clapping? <laughs> oh, we start with the arm, and uh, in passing, I give Quincy a D. Uh, Larry Lacewell agrees with me. We watch the film. Uh, some of uh, Quincy's uh, passes uh, shake and shimmy like Michael J. Fox or 12 cups of coffee. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> That's terrible. As far as reads go, uh, I gave Quincy an F. <laughs> Uh, after extensive testing, we have found that uh, Quincy reads on less than a third grade level. <laughs> Matter of fact, he could not even stumble through a paragraph of uh, green eggs and ham, and that's pretty bad. <laughs> on, evading the, on evading the sack, I gave him an A. Oh, okay. uh, uh, he hadn't been laid in two years, so he's avoiding that sack pretty well. <laughs> in social studies, he gets an F. Oh. In PE, he gets it. <laughs> Not yet, Steve. In PE, he gets a D because he's pretty athletic. I couldn't give him an F there. PE. <laughs> uh, most important in uh, uh, deportment or citizenship. <laughs> Uh, he got a D minus F, double F. <laughs> you know, that's because of the argument they had, I bet. In English. Hold on, Steve. Hello? Steve, about to kick you out of here. Whip your butt. And uh, in English, Quincy gets an F, because uh, I haven't understood a word he said in two years. <laughs> and in history, he didn't even know who Roger Starbuck was. <laughs> So uh, I'm requiring Quincy to get this report card signed and returned to me by the end of the week, uh, signed by his parents. Wow. Uh, and I want to announce that my starting quarterback is Chad Chuch Hutchinson. Oh, wow. What is that? controversy. And no questions will be taken. Let's wow. go. Steve, get off the stuff. Well, our suspicions wow. are right. He still wants Chad Hutchinson to start. Yes, he does. It, uh, I think not only now is there a little bit of a gulf between what he and Parcells believe, but I, I could hear a gulf forming between he and his son Steve in there. <laughs> yeah, the, he, the, the unruly over, child overused that ham with the anvil. You <laughs> could tell it was really. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Excuse me. I'm coming back from this. I muted my mic. <clears throat> Because I couldn't stop laughing again to listen to George and, and Craig laugh at that and to know the dynamic between fake Jerry and Steven and, oh, my gosh, his mispronunciations of words, Roger Starbuck. I just couldn't stop laughing. And uh, that was, I remember it vividly. For those of you in Dallas, uh, it, I lived in Mansfield at the time, which is south of Dallas and in mid-cities, way south. And I went south of I-20, and this would have been 20 years ago. Quincy Carter was on the team, I think, from like 01 to 04 or something. So there wasn't a lot of construction or, or roads going down south of I-20 at the time. Now it's a big highway and everything. But it was on the frontage road, and there was a lot of cornfields and I don't know if it's corn, but a lot of farm fields and, and, and cows. And I was stopped at the light, and I just remember thinking, I'm laughing so hard. You know, tears are rolling down my face as I'm driving my car. And I couldn't stop. It was one of those, again, guttural things that you really don't have control over. You just start to get laughing so hard and you start wheezing and your, your breath gets all chopped up that I said, 
right through this light, I got to pull off. And I'll be named, I, I pulled off. And I just sat there and cried and, and hoped no one was going to rear end me because I did pull off the road far enough. But I was thinking at the time when I was done and I kind of caught my breath, my God, I actually had to pull off the road because I was laughing so hard at a Muser's bit. So thank you, Muser's. Thank you, Ticket. Uh, you've brought a lot of joy and happiness to a lot of people over the years. Okay, that's just a little interlude there. Uh, let's do a top 10 list here. <clears throat> uh, tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening, I'm going to do top 10 trios. Now, for those of you that watch the show intently, you know every once in a while they have trio dances where they have three people dance instead of two. Now, the trio, I don't believe, was a big player at all prior to season maybe 15 or 14, the first half of the show's history. I don't remember trios being done. If they were, it was you know very rare and it was a unique thing. <clears throat> but they, they kind of started to coming around to having trio nights or trio weeks, and that was the focus. So then from season 15 on, we've got that's what all these dances will be. <clears throat> and I hate that because I like going way back to bring up reminders of dances, but the trios only seem to be post-season 15. Um, as always, uh, this, is, this is my category. Uh, you know, it's my opinion. So it's not going to be something you agree with probably, but, you know, it's my opinion. Oh, well, now that's a weird one. It's a different opinion alert, but yeah, once again, I did set it off. So yes, these are my opinions. And um, this, is, this is things that I liked or that it had an effect on me. Not necessarily the greatest dances. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys right now, my, I, you know, I look at other people's things on YouTubes and so forth, and I get an idea where the wind is blowing on people's favorites. And my number two and three favorites of all time, think about that. Number two and three, they don't make anybody's list because they're so personal to me, and we'll get to those obviously down the road. But uh, again, these are just dances that I liked a lot that were three-person dances. Let me give her a couple honorable mentions to uh, a couple dances now because I realized their greatness and I loved all the people who was in, who were in them. First one was season 25 salsa with Jordan Fisher, uh, Lindsay, his partner and Corbin blue, their third person. Corbin blue was second place finisher season 17. And this didn't make my list. And for those of you that know me int intimately with the dancing with the stars stuff last year, Jordan was my number one male dancer of all time. Corbin was my number two male dancer of all time. I was so looking forward to seeing this dance. You can't imagine. And it didn't disappoint in terms of technique. Those guys are just amazing dancers. I watched it again the other night and I said, I think there's two pro males and this female here. Because again, I thought they danced better than Lindsay. Lindsay had knee issues that season. And don't get me wrong, Lindsay's incredible. But that just shows how good they are. And uh, I loved it, but... I didn't care for the music per so much and their outfits. I didn't care for much so uh, for so much, you know, me, me with dance, it's the whole thing. I want to like the music. I want to like the costumes. I want to like the uh, technique and choreography. And that's a lot to ask because it's very personal. And this was just a wild, you know, salsa song that didn't do much for me. But again, I realized the greatness of it. So that's one of the honorable mentions. Another one was season 27, another salsa, in fact. It was uh, Milo Mannheim, his partner Whitney, and Riker Lynch. And again, if you know me, I believe, I'd have to go back and look at my list. I know Riker's in my top 10. If Milo isn't, he's close to the top 10 men of all time. So again, I was really looking forward to seeing these guys, two young men. And again, it didn't disappoint, but it was another salsa that I didn't care for the music and their costumes too much. But 
No doubt, they are in most people's top 10 uh, trios of all time, and I get why. Let's go to mine. Number 10, no audio here. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, Frankie Munez, Whitney, and their partner, Alfonso. And again, Alfonso, a fave of mine, the top 10 male. Whitney was his partner when he won in season 19. Uh, Frankie Munez, just one of my favorites all time in general. No dance experience. I love those guys that don't have any and get out there and just kill it. They learn how to dance. And he was another one that had a lot of self-confidence issues. He doubted himself, uh, a fear of doing it. And Frankie turned into a dancer, and Whitney did that. And they did a, a jive in season 25, the three of them. And, of course, Alfonso kills everything he does. It was a great dance from him. Um, Frankie always had that lack of confidence, but he came out and he just killed it. And it probably helped having Alfonso there. And uh, I don't know. I liked it tremendously. And they did a little thing in the middle of it where they're getting ready to do the Carlton. And then Frankie, Frankie started to do it. And then he stopped and waved his finger like, uh-uh-uh. And that was kind of cute, too, because the Carlton was always big thing in Alfonso season. Is he going to do it? When's he going to do it? But uh, Frankie, Whitney, and Alfonso, my number 10, top 10 trios. Uh, let's go to number nine for me. It's going back to season 21. Uh, Nick Carter, his partner, Sharna, and their third partner, Peta. Now, uh, Peta has always been a good friend of Sharna and vice versa. They're two Aussie gals, so there was no surprise when they brought Peta in. But she had missed a season, so it was great seeing her back. And um, this was actually the semifinal, so there was a lot of pressure on Nick Carter. He, uh, Nick was an interesting guy. He's a good dancer. There's no doubt about it. But um, Nick was someone that did make mistakes occasionally. We all make mistakes, but you know, you, when you get to a certain good level of dancing, you think, wow, mistakes don't happen very often. And they don't, but they did happen to Nick quite often. And he had had a rough week the week before. So this was a pressure-filled dance, and it was a salsa, another salsa, look at that. Um, and this one I liked. It was very sexy to me. Pita and Sharna are in the prime there. Sharna had her gorgeous red hair. They look outstanding. Nick was kind of suave and cool, and he hit all the steps. And like I said, this was a pressure-filled dance for him, and he knocked it out of the park. And let's hear what the judges Good had to job, say. Good job, all three of you. Juliet, what you think? that we have seen from day one was in that dance tonight. <laughs> and, and I know that tonight has been a rough night, but I still believe that you're a contender, and tonight you just showed, like, do or die, and you did it. Mm -hmm. That's how you come back with a huge, massive hit. I love it. It was like a salsa pop with lots of cross-references. I had a bit of Timberlake there, a bit of Jackson there. You know, everything was thrown in, but it always looked like a salsa. The style was there. It was encompassing everything we like about you. And I really hope you stay with us. All righty. And carry on. Yeah. I was very worried about you tonight, even though I said I wasn't. I was a bit worried. Okay, you came back. This was the most solid you've ever been on your feet. You were so great on your posture. It was like you became somebody new tonight. You knew you had to, like, up the game. And, like, I felt it from the ground up. You, like, I'm a neck and I'm going to on a setting with our job. Backstreet boy is that. There we go. There you go. Yeah, they loved it. And like I said, this was a pressure-filled dance for him. 
And <clears throat> when you're under pressure like that and you had a misstep the week before, that is that is really impressive to me when you come out and do as good as you did on that. And they did a great job. Obviously, the uh, judges loved it. Number nine on my list. <clears throat> Number eight on my top 10 list of trios. It's going back to season 25. It was Lindsey Sterling, her partner Mark, and Christy Yamaguchi, a jazz number. Right away, it was going to be good for me because I've always loved Christy Yamaguchi. She's another favorite of mine. And, man, she won way back in season six, and she's been such a friend of the show. She comes back and helps out whenever they need her or ask her to. <clears throat> I don't have any audio for this one. Go back and check it out if you'd like it. It's, a, it's an old Hollywood-style look to this thing. They are dressed in sparkly gowns and had the long gloves and Mark had a tux on and you know me, I love that classic, whatever you want to call it, Hollywood, uh, classic ballroom style and this was great and it, the song I remember I liked a lot too. So, uh, you know, Lindsay Sterling could have won many other seasons. She just ran into the buzzsaw known as Jordan Fisher in season 25, but fantastic trio. It was my number eight trio of my top 10. Let's go to number seven, and we're going back to season 19. <clears throat> Alfonso Rivero, the champion of season 19, his partner, Whitney, and their third partner, Lindsay. Uh, some of these, you know, have pros. Others have celebrity as their third. But uh, they did a Paso Doble, and as you know, the Paso Doble is the man's dance, and it's hard for a lot of these male uh, contestants to dominate two female pros. He was totally in charge this whole time. Now, Alfonso is one of the best ever, so it shouldn't be too surprising. But I loved it, and, it, you know, he was a leading man in this. And listen to what they have to say. Um, do I have audio on this? I thought I did. I don't have it up, though. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go looking for it. I thought I had that up. Boy, that's another bad mistake on my part. Let's blame it on the medicine. Yeah, but it's great. You got to go back and, li and watch it. It's, uh, it was a movie, uh, a song that I can't even tell you about now, but it was a wild song. And they were dressed in kind of like space attire. And Bruno, ever, Bruno actually said, I remember this without even having the audio here. He said it was like watching the, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. Something about it, you know, the space leader uh, chasing around the space vixens or something. It was very good. I'm sorry I don't have it. Gosh darn it. I feel bad about that now, but it's too late to go back and get it. And again, Alfonso, Whitney, and Lindsay, their uh, season 19 Paso Doble. Uh, go back and check it out on YouTube. You'll like it. I, tr I, I promise you'll like it. <laughs> uh, let's go to number six on the list. This is going back to season 19. It's a foxtrot from Sadie Robertson, her partner, Matt, Mark Ballas, and their third partner, Emma. And again, this was another, kind of like my number eight one, it was another throwback to the old ballroom classic look. The ladies looked gorgeous. They were in sparkly gowns with long gloves on. Uh, Mark had his tux and just looked so, I don't know, prim and proper and ballroom-like. And it's interesting, too, on this one, Sadie actually messed up in, a, in one spot of the dance, and she covered it so well that the judges either didn't see it or they didn't care because they gave her all tens. And uh, this is just what they had to say as uh, Sadie finished up her dance. Here. All right, all right, let's start with Lev. I tell you, that is the best trios there of the go. night. That's such a hard dance. You did it. Fantastic. I wish I had an 11 paddle. There you go. <laughs> 
No, you don't give away anything. Do you anything. not you're feel like a million bucks because you look at you danced it, you did everything <laughs> perfect? And Mark, Mark, you have to be you. You have to be you to take a risk, like adding Emma. Yeah. This to take a risk means that it's worth it, and it was absolutely worth it. The changes of placement, the changes of partner, you were next to him. I couldn't tell who was the professional. Okay, they obviously loved it. And uh, yeah, Sadie was crying when she came off the floor and, and Tom was like, what's wrong? And she says, you know, I messed up. And he goes, don't, don't say anything. They may not have noticed. And they obviously didn't because they all loved it. And uh, it was a difficult routine, and that might have been part of it. Either they really didn't see the little hiccup, or she made it work so good. And, you know, that's what they always say is, if you mess up, don't let us know. Cover it up. And they did. It was a great dance. Sadie, Mark, and Emma, number six on my list. Number five on my list. No audio here either. we got to get moving here. Uh, it was uh, back to season 16, one of the early trio dances. Kelly uh, Pickler, her partner Derek, and their third partner Tristan McManus, a pro. This was a Paso Doble, and this one, I wish I would have gotten auto for you now, especially since I forgot the Alfonso audio. Uh, this one was one where Len was off his meds, as Tom mentioned, I think, in it. Uh, Len did not like it. He said there wasn't enough Paso content. There was a lot of uh, flashing lights and crashing sounds in the music, and it was intense, there's no doubt. Both Carrie Ann and Bruno loved it, saying the theatrics of it was amazing. And I don't know what Len was seeing because I saw a lot of Paso content and I'm not even a judge, but I've learned what Paso content is. And like I said, Len just had it something stuck in his craw that night. And uh, when they gave out the scores, uh, Bruno and Carrie Ann gave him a 10 and Len gave him a seven. Not too often in the hi history of the show <clears throat> have you found one judge be so off much from the other judges. And of course, it's usually Len when he's in his cranky mood. But uh, Kelly, Derek, and Tristan, their Paso Doble season 16, my number five. Number four, going back to season 20, Riker uh, Lynch, as we mentioned earlier, Allison, his partner, and Brittany Cherry, uh, the third pro partner. Uh, this was a jazz number, and I was so looking forward to this because jazz is one of those numbers that you can really highlight a person that has dance ability, and Riker had incredible dance ability. This was just a wonderful jazz routine. Loved the song, um, loved the look of the ladies that were with Riker, and he's always so upbeat and happy. And, and his songs are, and his dances are infectious. And uh, let's see what the judges had to say about it. Catch him if you can, girls, while you still have time, because I'm telling you, plenty of demand out there for that. All right, carry on. Two snaps, oh, three, four, eight, teams snaps up. Get it, get it, get it. You've got the pirouettes, you've got the axles, you threw it all in the loop, you hammered, hammered that number. Okay. Hammered. I think someone else is hammered, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it's happy yeah, hour well, I'm on Dancing with the Stars. We are happy, you're happy, we're all happy. Now that was a jazz routine. The double axles like Carrie Ann said. But the thing that I love the most is you were leading that routine. I mean, you were front and center. You were not in the back trying to follow along. Like, I'm having a Carrie Ann moment. 
Okay, yeah, they uh, they actually loved it. And another good point, yeah, he was he led those two women around that dance. You know, as we talked before, it's it's tough to lead these pro women and have the confidence to do it. Now, the men that do that usually are the men that have unbelievable dance ability because they have confidence in what they're doing and they go out there and they show it. It's very cool to see that. Um, <clears throat> my number, let's see, that one is number four on my list. My number three one, this is one I said that will never make anybody's top 10 trio list because this was the single most funny moment in the history of Dancing with the Stars for me. And you know that's saying a lot as I've watched all, God, what are we up to? 474 episodes now, most multiple times. This goes back to season 19. I played this before. I think I played it last year. (laughs) Tommy Chong, his partner Pita, and Sharna was there with him. And they did a samba, if you want to call it that, (laughs) the least the ladies did. Tommy's up there, his 76-year-old body with that smile on his face. Tommy was always the coolest guy in the room for me, one of my favorite contestants to ever be on the show. And he tried to do the samba, but it just was so funny to watch him up there with those gals. The song was crazy. It was called Talk Dirty to Me, and he's up there mouthing the words. And, of course, the funny thing about this is, is when the the, the, the bit is over, and we're going to play it with the the judges— Listen to Carrie Ann, not Carrie Ann, um, boy, fog brain, fog brain, Julianne, oh, I'm so embarrassed, Julianne Huff, listen to her say, or, or she doesn't say anything, Tom goes to her and she snorts, she's laughing so hard and she snorts this sound that you wouldn't think come, come out of such a beautiful woman's body, <laughs> but it's a loud snort and then Carrie Ann starts giggling and laughing and Bruno starts laughing. And the whole thing was, can we recover from this? And there'll be another couple masterful Bonmonts in there from Tom uh, Bergeron, like there was on the last one I just played. He was just the best. But uh, this is uh, Tommy and Peta and Sharna's Samba uh, results, the judges, uh, back from season 19. And why isn't it? Good on you three. <laughs> Julianne, what'd you think? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Club. I, I am not sure about the samba, but the, the service was first class. Girls, oh, yes. start an airline. Every male, male in America yeah. is going to book a new. Yeah, they're not complaining. Woo! You definitely came in for a happy landing, I'll tell you that. Here he is. What did you say? Oh, nothing. It's your turn. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's okay. Because it, it's just, I mean, that was good entertainment. That's your man. Idea with you two. Okay, Len, what do you think? Well, I fly back to London after the show tonight and I'm changing my ticket to Chong Air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna put our seats in an upright position. Tommy and Peter have some scores on the way. We'll find out what um, they are. 
Oh my gosh, that just goes on and on. And uh, they go back up and talk to Tommy. In fact, I'm just going to continue this here. I loved it so much. This is when Tommy goes up to the skybox and talks to Aaron along with Sharna and Peta. This is what Aaron says and what Tommy says. It's just classic fun. Before the break, we saw a uh, very fun routine that I think PETA put it perfectly. Um, this is every man's dream to have two women dance with them. How was it for you? Uh, it was very, very hard. <laughs> and with that, we'll get your scores. Carrie Ann Inaba. Seven. Lynn Goodman. Julianne Huff. <laughs> Bruno Tomioli. Oh my God, you hear Carrie, not Carrie, uh, Julianne and Bruno barely able to get the sevens out. And, you know, seven is the number you give people when that you're, you're appreciative of the effort they made and the performance that they gave. But yeah, there wasn't any dance content in it. But one of the happiest fun moments of, of my listening and watching this show over the years, and it's actually a little emotional for me because you look back at these pictures and boy, the show was in its prime and oh gosh, everything was running all cylinders and I know that's never coming back, but uh, so glad we got to experience that. So we got uh, Tommy, Pita, and Sharna, my number three top 10 trio of all time. Number two, don't have any audio here. Running a little late today, aren't I folks? Well... God, I can't help myself when I'm talking about this show. It's not too late. It's not bad. I'm trying to get it in an hour 15 every week. Uh, Juan Pablo de Pache, season 27, his partner Cheryl, and their third partner, Melissa Rycroft, who was the champ of season 15, and also the third place finisher of season eight, <clears throat> season 15 being the all-star edition, of course. Well, this had it all for me. I love the song. I love their outfits. They're gorgeous people. <laughs> And I've always had a crush on Melissa Rycroft. Cheryl looked fantastic that season. Juan Pablo's a sexy guy. And like I said, the dance moves were just very sexy to me. This made my top 10 sexy dances of all time list last year. Loved their outfits, loved the music. I loved their moves. Were they gr the greatest dance moves in all time? No. And the judges said that at the end. But I didn't care. This is a top obviously my top, my number two of all time. And I didn't want to play the audio because the judges kind of uh, you know, beat it down a little bit. But uh, boy, again, for me, the song, the look of them, the dancing ability, the sexiness of it all, absolutely love this. Juan Pablo, Cheryl and Melissa, my number two, uh, top 10 of all time. Okay, my number one, and this won't be a surprise if you remember last year, my top number one dance of all time in the history of the show well, it was a trio dance, and obviously, if it was my top 10 favorite all time, it's going to be my top 10 favorite trio dance of all time. It's going back to season 17, Corbin Blue, Karina, his partner, and Whitney uh, Carson, the third pro. <clears throat> Again, they had it all to me. This was a jazz number. Uh, oh, by the way, I guess I didn't know if I told you Juan Pablo's number was a cha-cha, which is always kind of a sexy dance, or can be, you know. They can make it that way, and they certainly did it, my number two. <laughs> Top 10 trio. Uh, back to number one, Corbin, Karina, Whitney. They did, they did a jazz number. And like I said earlier with Riker, looking forward to this so much because Corbin Blue I have is the second greatest male dancer in the history of the show. I think the guy can do anything. And when you get the jazz number, you can do what you want in it pretty much. You don't have to have a set certain number of moves. And uh, Cor uh, Corbin along with Karina and Whitney, they all looked fantastic. They had these cool outfits on that... You just got to go see it and, uh, and look it up on YouTube. Uh, 
uh, Karina and Whitney looked fantastic. And so again, it was one of those things that had, every had everything in it. Uh, I'm gonna play the uh, audio clip of the judges. Listen to Carrie Ann, what she has to say. And, uh, and then listen to Len. Len had me going here. He initially said, ah, I didn't feel it, but then you'll uh, hear what he has to say. <clears throat> Two out of three judges standing. Let's see if that means anything. I suspect it might. Carrie Ann. I'm so excited to speak. <laughs> Keep it. Let me compose myself. Yes. That may be the best routine I've ever seen in all seven seasons. try to emulate Bob Fosse, and no one ever does it as good as Bob Fosse. I think you did what Bob Fosse would have done today in this inning, and I think he would have loved you. I, that was just your undulations, every ounce of it, like it was Usher meets, meets the, oh, did I say something wrong? The funny tap, and all, it was just, it was such an amazing combination of so many styles and showcased you in the most beautiful way. I'm sorry, girls, I didn't even see you let's, in the number. Let's bring... If I'm honest, I was hoping for fireworks, but to, to, for me, there was none. You came out and exploded. Oh, 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 was explosion. Oh, I'm telling you, oh, it was oh, ambitious, it was delicious. Oh. Sometimes it all comes together. The music, the routine, the performance into one fabulous whole. And that was it. All I can say is Grandmaster Corbin, the Magnificent. Way up! And I, I have to tell you, you see, for, for my generation, Bob Foster was the absolute top. It's something that I always thought was unbeatable and nobody kind of lived up to that kind of standard you did tonight. Wow, at, uh, a lot of praise there. You know, Carrie Ann saying it may have been the best number or routine she's seen in the 17 seasons of the show. <clears throat> Len just, you know, said everything came together. The music, the routine, the, uh, the choreography, the technique. When all that happens, that's very, very rare. And it's a moment. And this is my top 10 trio of all time. Corbin, Karina, and Whitney from season 17. Okay, well, let's finish this thing up. Uh, time for our contest question. For those of you that know, in fact, I probably should look right now at the phone. I told you I was going to do it. I haven't been real diligent doing this. Um, it's a little early when I'm recording this, and usually the tickets don't go out this early, but let me update right now. No, it's not there yet. So tickets haven't been released yet for next Monday. I'm going to try to go because we're going to try to take uh, one of the winners from last season and her mother, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, they're fans of the show, both of them, and there's nothing like sharing this show in person with someone who loves the show. It's, it's, it's a wonderful experience, and it embellishes it for me, too. I get a kick out of seeing them getting a kick out of it. So what we're doing is we're asking a question each week, and we're going to be giving away two trips on the Ballroom Blitz, as we mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but we're not doing it on the radio show this season, so we're going to bring that one on over. If you like the show, you got to work for it a little bit, and as you're seeing right now, as I'm trying to get tickets, there's no guarantee we're going to get to go, but it's like anything in life. If you don't take a chance once in a while, you're not going to get what you want. So uh, um, if you love the show, 
come on board with this. And you can go back and listen to the prior questions. If you're just listening for the first time, it'd be a pain because you got four shows to listen to. But, but if you really want to go, it might be worth it. Okay, last week on the show, <clears throat> we played a Musers, which is the Ticket Morning Show uh, audio clip. And they were talking about the girls' night out experience they had the night before, which is a big station event where they found out about my love for the show, Dancing with the Stars. And they did a whole segment the next morning about me. I wasn't there, of course. And uh, they said that I mentioned the night before that in a week from tomorrow, quite a forward tease here, in a week from tomorrow, I was going to make a major announcement on air with my afternoon drive show buddies. And they were real curious about it. Well, we found out later what that major announcement was. And that's the question. What was my major announcement a week and a day later after the girls' night out? And that is the question of the week. And I did almost. Turn out the lights. The party's over. <laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night, the party's over, and tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. Well, thank you, Don. Don Meredith there, always uh, playing us out, telling us it's time to go home. Um, and what I want to do, too, as you know, every week at the end, we play a little song of mine that uh, was big for me when I was a young boy. And I grew up in the disco area and the late 70s, early 80s, dance music, funk music. And it, they were just a lot of cool songs for me and never get to hear them because in Indiana, we didn't hear a lot of this music. But uh, I'm just playing some of them here as we go out each week. So let's listen to this one for a little while. This song is called Big Time, and it's by the one and only Rick James. You young folks out there, if you don't know Rick James, you probably know Prince. He was Prince before Prince, if that makes sense. Uh, Prince actually opened for him on one of Rick James' tours, and it didn't take long, of course, for Prince to kind of rock it by Rick, but uh, there was quite a rivalry between the two of them. Quite a, quite a backstory if you're interested in that. But uh, Rick was like the beginner or the king of funk, you know, back in the day. And this is a very funky song called Big Time. Never got to hear these, like I said, because they didn't play this in the cornfields of Indiana where I grew up. But uh, there's a couple crossover hits of his called uh, Super Freak and Give It To Me Baby, which most of you have probably heard because they were played on the main stations. Uh, but this was called Big Time. He had another one called You and I, which I absolutely loved, another funky song. And uh, I was debating on whether I should play that one or this one, but Big Time won out for this, this show here. Rick lived hard and fast, died at the young age of 56 years old. Quite a story for Rick James, his, his life for sure. Okay, next week on Dancing with the Stars. There's going to be two shows. There's going to be a Monday night show and a Tuesday night show. So great to have that. You know, that's like the old days when they used to always have two shows a week. But uh, they probably needed to do that so that they could get rid of two people next week because we still got a lot left. <clears throat> Monday night is going to be what they used to call the most memorable year night. It's a very emotional night. People tell 
You know, a momentous occasion that happened in their life, and it usually gets pretty emotional, so I'll have the Kleenex with you. On Tuesday night, they're doing something called Prom Night, which I think is going to include the dance marathon, which they've done before in years past. So next week, big night, big two nights, Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to try to go. And I'm going to be looking for tickets both nights because maybe we can switch our air trips around if we can't get Monday night's show. So uh, wish me luck in getting that. Uh, next week is week five. And I'm sorry to say it's half week. It's a half season. It's half over next week. So uh, enjoy it while it's here. Okay, so until next week, this is Tony the Engineer. Thanks for putting up with this. Thank you to TC. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Oh,